gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Welcome back to My Two Cents Podcast. This is episode 121, entitled Scrambled. I'm your host, G2, and I just want everyone to be well enough to know that right now, as I am recording, it is raining. And hopefully you don't hear it so much on the audio as I'm trying to make sure that the rain doesn't like affect it that much. I just want to let you guys know that you guys are not hearing things. That is a little bit of raindrops if you happen to hear it on this uh, audio adventure here or the audio broadcasting. Either way, before I get into today's topics, you know what I'm about to do. I'm about to read you guys off the National Food Days of the Week. Today being Easter, it is April the 9th. It is Chinese Almond Cookie Day. Tomorrow, April the 10th, it is Cinnamon Roll Day. April the 11th, it is Cheese Fondue Day. April 12th, Grilled Cheese Day, as well as Slickerish Day. April the 13th, Peach Cobbler Day. April the 14th, Pecan Day. And to round us all off, April the 15th, glazed ham day now with that out of the way i just want to say i hope everybody had a good week hope everybody had a great uh good friday and i hope everybody today has a good uh easter and before i move into my psa that i want to give to everyone i do want to mention something that did happen on friday um at the university of oklahoma there was a shooting scare as it was talked about on nbc news as the article would read police descended onto the university of oklahoma on friday night after a report of an active shooter and later found no sign of a shooting and no injuries officials said at this point we'll probably say that there was a bogus call university of oklahoma police chief told reporters around 9 24 p.m a call came in to report that shots were fired at the library on the campus at the university in Norman near Oklahoma City. The university then sent an emergency alarm. There's an active shooter at the Van Vliet Oval. Take immediate action now. Run, hide, fight. The university, which has an enrollment of around 26,600 at its Norman campus, said in a tweet. I remember seeing that on Twitter, and I had to wait, and I was just trying to see if that was a real thing or not, and apparently that was real it did come from the university's actual uh twitter but i am glad that nobody uh got hurt there was no actual threat and i just want to say if that is true well not if that is true because it was true but i don't understand why people like to have those bogus calls say that there's a shooter there's going to be a shooting and all that type of crap and it never ever happens people have to realize that everybody's on edge right now people have to realize that There was just a school shooting in Nashville, Tennessee, what, a week ago? And you mean to tell me that people are trying to make bogus calls? People in America, in the schooling system, whether you're in elementary, high school, middle school, universities, you guys are already on your toes. Parents are on their toes. Parents are scared to just let their kids go out anywhere now. I know parents that are afraid. But you mean to tell me that there's people that's out here making bogus calls I know there's people doing that, but I just don't understand why. Do you get your rocks off for doing that? I don't want nobody to be doing that. I don't want nobody to be feeling that type of fear, especially people inside a university, because, boy, a lot of what people don't realize is that whenever you're at a university, you're literally by yourself unless you have, like, a group of people. Certain people are literally just by themselves, and if you hear a gun go off or even, like, a report or a tweet of a gun 
shooter being around, you're going to try to run off, run off campus, run to your, uh, run to your facility, run to somebody quickly. You don't even know who to trust because a lot of people on these campuses, they don't talk to one another. They stick to their core group and that's about it. So you don't know if a shooter could be literally around the corner. You don't know if that person that you're trying to talk to is about to be the shooter or is the shooter. You have no idea. So for people to be making prompt bogus calls like that, I don't like it. And I just want people not to do that because, again, that sets off a lot of fear that people already have now that's already like sketched and ingrained into them. So please, if you feel that you're going to make a bogus call to try to alert, not even alert, just try to scare people, don't do it. Don't be a dickhead. Don't do that. Just go about your day. Do something else. Play like a video game. Do some cards. Go out to a bar and try to meet with people. Do something to enhance your life. Don't just be a complete and absolute dick. Now moving to a shooting that actually did happen as this comes from the Independent. Hundreds flee South Carolina Beach as six people shot. Six people were hospitalized after a shooting took place on a South Carolina beach, according to police. Authorities say that several suspects have been arrested on weapons charges following the incident on the Isle of Palms near Charleston on Friday afternoon. The six victims were transported to MUSC, which is the Medical University of South Carolina, with non-life-threatening injuries. It was reported that the incident took place after altercations broke out as a large group gathered on the beach under the pier for Senior Skip Day. Police say that most of the victims were teenagers and a few adults. Videos of the incident was quickly posted on Twitter as hundreds of people were seen in the videos uh, fleeing the beach. Police say that their investigation into the incident is still ongoing. So a shooting did happen near my neck of the woods in South Carolina. Um, I did not know about this until I saw it again on my laptop. And once I looked into it, I was like, oh, okay. Normal stupid people behavior is the beach. I don't like people doing that, but it's senior skip day, probably some intoxication. This is just me thinking this out loud. I'm not saying somebody probably did drink, but I'm not going to uh, take that away from the situation because if anybody knows, just like everything else, you have an age that you're supposed to drink, but you know you always get some type of booze somewhere, and especially since it's senior skip day and it's the South, I know how seniors think. They're going to go there. You probably go to the beach, get some booze, and probably some stupid uh, foul stuff probably did happen. I'm not saying that I know anything about it. I'm just saying that I know how senior mind thinks. So that probably did play a part into this. Again, this is just me thinking this. I'm not saying all any of that did happen. Any booze came into play, but it, I would not be uh, I wouldn't be shocked if it did. But I'm glad nobody did like get seriously injured. Nobody's like dead or nothing. There was no uh, life threatening injuries. Probably somebody probably got a little bit of nicks and cuts. So I'm glad that. Uh, nobody died from this, but always stay vigilant of your surroundings when you're at the beach because you don't know who's there to cause some trouble and who's there just to uh, just have fun. So again, I'm glad nobody got injured and I want people to please be safe whenever they do uh, these senior skip days. Now moving over into the part where I got to give some condolences. I want to give some condolences to the Cash App founder and former Square executive Bob Lee after he uh, passed away this past week on a Tuesday after he died after a horrific uh, act of violence, as this was reported by the ABC News, police responded to a report of a stabbing early Tuesday around 2.35 a.m. and found a 43-year-old man suffering from stab wounds, a San Francisco Police Department reported, said. Police confirmed Lee's identity in a statement late Wednesday and said that the incident is being investigated by the San Francisco Police Department homicide detail. 
Officers called for medics who transported the victim to a nearby hospital with life-threatening injuries, the police reports said, adding that the victim ultimately died from the injuries. We do not tolerate these horrific acts of violence in San Francisco, the San Francisco district attorney said on Wednesday. So Bob Lee does leave two children, and you know what? It's horrible. Somebody getting stabbed to death or just fatally stabbed, it's a terrible way to go because stabbing someone, that means that's an intimate thing. A.K.A. you have to really just, like, stick someone. Shooting someone with a gun, you shoot them with a bullet, that's all it is. That's basically emotionless. But stabbing someone, you have to be up close to them and just, like, jab them. That is real, real personal. Right now, at the time of this uh, recording, they are saying that they still have no arrests or suspects named in the killing of Bob Lee. And that's tragic because, you know what, someone getting stabbed just because they were walking somewhere or walking just by themselves and they just happened to get poked up, that is terrible. I hope someone gets caught for this. I hope somebody has to uh, face trial for this because I just don't understand why someone would want to kill someone just by stabbing them or even just shooting them in general. Now, unless there's a motive, then we can probably get somewhere with that. But right now, there's no motive. There's no nothing. There's no suspect, no... uh arrest being made so right now we just have to wait and see whoever they uh arrest or whatever they find out about anything in connection to the killing of bob lee but still with that being said i feel sorry for his two children that had to grow up without their uh father and um anybody that was in connecting or connections with bob lee i really do feel sorry for them and uh his whole entire family so i want to give my condolences to the family of bob lee now on to a psa that i want everyone to think about and really hold on to when I say this. I want everyone to get checked. Know your family's medical history. Know everything about your family of, well, when it comes down to your hospital needs, because you don't know what's ever is down the pipeline for you. You don't know what type of uh, hereditary diseases or something that's happened down in your family that's constantly being passed down. You have no idea. And people really don't know that until they go to the hospital and then a doctor asks them about these type of things. And then they really got to start uh, getting notified or start knowing about these type of things whenever they're in like bad conditions. Um, because I want to read you off something here. This comes from People as it's given off the uh, Lance Riddick's um, death report as his lawyer is kind of disputing this. As the article will read, the cause of death for actor Lance Riddick has been declared and quickly disputed. Riddick's death certificate, which was first made public by TMZ early Thursday and later obtained by People, included, well, listed heart disease and coronary artery disease as his imminent cause of death. Hours after the initial report, Riddick's attorney issued a statement to people. I have represented Lance Riddick for many years and continue to represent his wife, Stephanie. The coronary statement on the death certificate is not a result of an autopsy. No autopsy was performed on Lance, to my knowledge. No medical examination of Lance during his lifetime ever indicated such conditions. Lance was the most physically fit person I've known. He exercised daily at his home gym, including extensive cardio work, and the availability of gym facilities was a contractual requirement from his work away from home. He ate as if a dietitian was monitoring his every meal. The information appearing on the death certificate is inconsistent with his lifestyle. The statement concluded on behalf of Stephanie Riddick, the death certificate information is not corroborated. It is inconsistent with the facts known to the family. Whether they know it or not, it doesn't mean that he had to be in the best physical peak condition to have these type of situations. Heart disease, coronary disease, this stuff could be hereditary. This stuff could literally just one day be not be there and the next day show up. Listen, I want everyone to know what's going on with them. 
I understand certain people are afraid to go to the doctors. You're speaking or you're hearing from a guy that is afraid to go to the doctors when I have to go to it, but we all have to go to the doctors when it's our time to go to it and see what's up with us. Even if you're fine and you think you're good and you're just doing an annual checkup, hey, that's great and all. Still know what's going on. Still ask the doctor, okay, how's my heart looking? How's my body looking? Am I right here? Am I right there? Ask them the question that you need to ask them so that you will be safe at night. And you can at least say, well, I did ask them everything to make sure I was good because, again, not everything is going to be all right. Not everything is going to be presented to you just on a silver platter. You're going to have to ask these doctors questions. And I mean, they're going to have to really dig in to really look into you to make sure your questions will be answered and be suffice for you because you're the patient, they're the doctor, that's what they're supposed to do for you. And just to make one thing perfectly known, Lance Riddick, yes, he might have done all these training, all these exercising, all this type of stuff, but that does not mean that he was not in, like immortal or imperbable from getting heart disease or getting any type of diseases, just not without his knowledge, just because he did all these uh, training exercises. There's that guy that was on like the biggest loser, I believe him and uh, Julian Michael, it was the white dude, the trainer on that um, show. He talked about how he had a heart attack or something that was of the heart with him. And he was in peak physical condition, but his heart still had something wrong with him and he happened to go out. He's still alive now, but that should be a thing that people notice and that thing that people should be pushed out. Yes, you could be in the greatest peak physical condition. You can do all these things, eat healthy, eat right, all this type of stuff. It doesn't matter. When the body says, yo, something's wrong with us, you got to listen to the body. And even though you might feel good one day, it can literally just pop up on you the next day. So please, everyone, please, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart, please get yourself checked out. Please know what's going on with you so you can be on the top of your game. Now, moving away from Lance Riddick's, uh cause of death. We have a cause of death uh, notified this week as well from Coolio. The rapper Coolio, his cause of death was revealed as an accidental overdose on fentanyl. As it's come from Yahoo Entertainment, Coolio's cause of death has been revealed more than six months after the rapper's sudden passing. The Los Angeles County Medical Examiner uh, has revealed that Coolio died from an accidental overdose of fentanyl, heroin, and methamphetamine. According to the coroner, his heart muscle disease, asthma, and recent fencyclidine use, or listed as PCP or angel dust, uh, was in his system. So, Coolio basically died of drug overdose, well, accidental, and I just don't understand something. Well, I understand why people use drugs. It's been a common thing. It's never going to stop. People are going to use drugs from, from now till forever. That's kind of the thing here. I just never, ever understand something. You guys buy these drugs from individuals, and I don't understand why the drug dealers put fentanyl in drugs. I don't understand it. I will never understand why they do these things. You guys are literally killing your... You're killing your buyer when you do that. You guys are literally doing it. You're screwing the whole game up. First and foremost, again, I gotta say this because it makes it sound like I'm a drug dealer. It makes it sound like all this and that. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, I am a complete square. I am a citizen. I am a civilian. I'm just saying from a normal mindset, if I am selling a product, I don't want to lace anything in said product that can cause my buyer to die. 
it makes no sense. That's like literally what? Fruit Loops or any type of cereal dousing it literally with uh what? What can kill kids if they inhale or they invest too much into it? Like bug spray or something into the cereal. Why on God's green would they want to put bug spray into the kids' cereal? You're killing your buyer. You're putting a big hit out on you when you do that. It makes no sense. So as a drug dealer, which I am not, but if I was one, and again, I'm not. I'm just playing the hypothetical here. If I was a drug dealer, why on God's green would I want to put fentanyl in my freaking supply to kill my buyers? It makes no sense. It puts a big target out on you. So for any drug dealer that is doing that, please stop it. I'm not saying stop selling drugs because, listen, America's America. People need to get their fix. They're going to get it one way or another. So it is what it is. Please stop leasing your stuff with fentanyl. Quit it. You're killing your buyers. You're killing people out there. It makes no sense. Don't do that. Coolio died from that. And also, this is a perfect segue into this as well. As it's come from the Associated Press, the dealer that uh, gave Michael K. Uh, Williams his drugs, he was found guilty in the death of the actor this past week. A Brooklyn drug dealer pleaded guilty Wednesday to providing the wire actor Michael K. Williams for fentanyl-laced heroin, causing his death. Okay, so there you go right there. Um, the man will be faced a mandatory minimum of five years in prison and the possibility of as many as 40 years, but his sentencing will be set on August the 18th. So there you have it right there. The man took a plea deal. He took a plea agreement to it. So <clears throat> plea agreement, whatever the case may be, whatever have you, but you get my point. You guys are literally killing people. You guys, the drug dealers, it is your job to literally sell a substance that the government does not want to sell to people. It is your job to give it to them and actually just provide them with what they need. You are killing your revenue. That's all you're doing. Why would you do that? I have no idea. Why would you do that? Did you have a bad uh, situation? situation with them the last time and then you said oh i'm gonna fix them and now i'm gonna lace their drugs up this time with fentanyl when they come back to me i don't get it i do not it makes no sense to me a lot of things when i don't understand it i really try to bog my head down into it and try to figure out why would they do such a thing and this with drug dealers lacing their stuff up i don't i don't get it i will never will get it you guys have people that are willing to go to you and literally sell you and give you their money for a service or a product. And you guys are saying, yep, I'm going to kill my buyer here. It doesn't make no sense in the world. I wish that ABC can do ABC or CBS or whatever these uh, news publications can speak to someone that's inside a jail cell, literally like for a 2020 20, or a 60 minute and have a legit documentary or a hour-long special to understand why drug dealers lace up their drugs with fentanyl. Do they want to kill their buyer? Are they trying to uh, just step on the drug to expand it out more just because of uh, they don't have it and they got to make use of what they got? I don't understand it. It's not processing in my head i would like to actually see a documentary and understand exactly why they do what they do but until that and until that actually happens 
I just, again, would like to give a warning out to all the drug dealers out there. Please stop leasing your drugs with fentanyl. It's killing people. It's killing your buyers. It makes you look like a complete dun-dun-dun-dun when you do it. And once you get caught, I can't say that I feel sorry for you. I don't. I usually feel sorry for a lot of drug dealers, to be honest, because America, this whole government, they select and choose what they want to do and actually make legal because Uncle Sam and the government got to put their spin on it to get tax on it. That's the reason why marijuana is now starting to get sold in states for mad long. Whenever I was a kid until, what, a couple of years ago now, marijuana was seen as an enemy, as a drug, as a thing you can literally go to jail for for long periods of time and yada, yada, yada. Now it's starting to really turn around. Now people are getting medical marijuana. People are actually be able to smoke marijuana and use it recreational use outside and all this type of stuff now because the government is actually able to get a piece of that pie that's my thing i usually side with the drug dealers when they sell drugs and i'm like okay they did a service just like the doctors who give hard drugs to their patients a service that's all they're doing the only thing that's literally setting a doctor away from being a legit street person selling a drug to him is literally that they went to school to for this profession you got people that are out here on the streets they actually know how to make all these types of drugs in their kitchen on the ground or whatever the hell may have you they know how to make these things and they're out there selling it and they're just not able to give the government their quote-unquote piece of the pie that's the reason why a lot of these drugs are not technically right for the American government or the American people and they're seen as illegal because the government does not know how to tax these things. So again, I usually side with the drug dealers when they do get busted and I say, yo, let them go. It makes no sense. But these people that are literally lacing their drugs, lacing their supplies with something that's not supposed to be in there. Yeah, you deserve to go to jail straight up off rip. You deserve to go to jail because the buyer did not mean for you to hand them something that could literally potentially kill them off top. People might say, yeah, drill cocaine if you do too much. Yes, they know the effects of cocaine. That's all on them for they be a stupid, complete ignoramus if they take a lot of it or a lot of said amount of drug. But if you're literally lacing a drug with something that's not supposed to be in it, then you got to go to jail, bud. You got to sit out. You got to you got to go. So again. PSA, one, know your health status. Go to the hospital, get yourself checked out, know all those things, and also know about your family history as well. And two, if you are a drug dealer, please stop putting fentanyl into drugs. And also, if you are a buyer of said drugs, which you're never going to admit it, only your people around you do know about it. If you are a buyer of drugs, know who you are getting your drugs from because certain people are sketchy. You know the deal. You know the ones. And also, certain people just look too clean. And they might be actually be the ones put into your uh, drugs and killing you off, too, by the way. So please be cautious of wherever you do get your drugs from. Again, I am a citizen. I am a casual person. I just happen to know exactly where a lot of people's minds go. And I don't like to pussyfoot around certain topics when they need to be talked about. This talk type of topic where people need to know about their medical status and also people buying drugs and also selling drugs. That's those are the type of topics. I don't like to pussyfoot foot around because those happen on an everyday basis, not only in America, but are every day around in the whole entire world. So everybody out there within the listening of my voice, please be careful. Please be knowledgeable about your well-being.
Now, with the PSA out of the way, now on to the first official topic that happened in the news today, or this week, rather, you have you. Um, as it's come from CNN, federal civil rights investigation opened in the fatal police shooting of a 17-year-old in Washington, D.C. The FBI and federal prosecutors have opened a civil rights investigation into the deadly shooting of 17-year-old Delano Martin by an officer in Washington, D.C. last month after the teen was found sleeping in an allegedly stolen vehicle. The announcement came after U.S. Park Police and Washington Metropolitan Police released body-worn camera videos Tuesday showing the fatal encounter on March 18th. The loss of a life is always tragic, but especially heartbreaking when it involves a child, the U.S. Attorney's Office in Washington said in a statement calling the body cam video extremely upsetting. In coordination with the FBI Washington Fed Office, the U.S. Attorney's Office has opened a civil rights investigation into the circumstances leading to Mr. Martin's death. That investigation, which was committed to conducting diligently and thoroughly, is ongoing, the statement said. Officers from both the Park Police and the Metropolitan Police were responding to a report of a stolen vehicle just before 9 a.m. when the shooting of Martin happened, they said. An MPD officer first arrived and observed the occupant of the vehicle was asleep and the ignition was punched. The officer determined the vehicle was stolen and then called for additional units, Park Police said in a statement. Several officers from both agencies arrived and began discussing how to approach the situation, including the possibility of breaking the window and pulling the driver out. Once you break it, he's going to wake up, start it, and drop, put it in drive to go. We don't want nobody to get hurt. One officer is heard telling another officer in park police body camera footage. As the officers continue to strategize, an MPD officer can be heard in the body cam footage saying, so here's the plan. He's knocked out. The back window is just plastic. I'm going to cut out that quietly, unlock the door. If he doesn't get startled, doesn't wake up, then we're going to try to get in there, grab him before he puts that car in gear. The officer continues. If he does take off, just let him go. Officers from both agencies eventually approach the vehicle and try to pull the driver out. As the footage shows, a park police officer jumped into the backseat and yelled, Police, don't move, don't move, don't move. The vehicle then suddenly drives off as the park police officer is still in the back seat the footage shows the officer yells stop the vehicle keeps going and the officer yells stop man just let me out let me go then the officer then yells stop stop or i'll shoot the driver did not comply and the officer discharged the firearm park police said second later the vehicle crashes to a house and the officer jumps out the footage shows officers pulled the driver out of the vehicle called for medical assistance and began giving him administering aid including doing chest compressions. The U.S. Park Police said the driver, identified as Martin, died at the scene and a gun was recovered inside the vehicle. No one inside the house was injured. The officer who shot Martin and a second Park Police officer was transported to an area hospital for treatment, the Park Police said. The investigation into this incident is being handled by the Metropolitan Police Department and reviewed by the U.S. Attorney's Office for the District of Columbia. An administrative review of this incident is being conducted by the Department of the Interior Park Police said. So, that's what's happening here. I did not understand something. And my mom kind of brought this to my attention. My mom said, why didn't they just run the tag of the vehicle? Instead of saying, uh, hey, we got all these people here. We're going to get this guy out of there. How about you guys run the vehicle's uh, tag? Run it. Because they run everybody else's tag when they're behind you as they're driving behind you and all this type of garbage. And it made me think to myself, yeah, they could have just 
did that. They could have just straight up just run the tags of the vehicle and just determine if it was stolen or not. And if the driver was truly sleeping, okay, you guys could have just easily just like tapped on the freaking window to wake him up and just tap him. Even though the car is literally in ignition and it's ready to go, you guys could have still tapped on the window. And once that 17-year-old sees a police driver, right, police officer, if you will, standing right beside the vehicle, what else could he have done? Yeah, he could have tried to pull the way. Or he could have literally just came out and be like, oh, well, well, the jig is up. There's two ways this thing could have handled, be handled, technically. Yes, run the tags, see if the car was stolen, because even now, they still say it was an allegedly stolen vehicle. Allegedly. They don't even know if it was truly stolen or not. See, that's the problem. They don't even do their official duties, but it is what it is. Um, I do feel sorry for the mother. The mother did lose her boy. Uh, the mother of Delano Martin did speak out. She hopes that um, the police officers will be fired and charged. She told reporters Wednesday her son should have still be alive and the officer who shot her son needs to be publicly identified and all the officers involved arrested for first degree murder. This pain hurts so bad. I just want justice for my son, she said, and I need the officers to be locked up. All of them that played a role. Martin said the medical examiner told her that her son was shot six times and died instantly. CNN has reached out to the D.C. medical examiner's office. She says she hasn't been able to sleep or eat. Seeing the video of her son being murdered, I'm lost, she said. The video self-explains everything that they did to my son and how can they justify this. So there you go right there. They are trying to justify it. Again, they could have just ran the tags of the car. They could have did a lot of different things instead of having multiple police officers being called to go there to actually like surround a vehicle that is ready and revved up to go. You literally just gonna have one person literally just knock on the window and that's it. Or run the tag of the vehicle. Now we got a 17 year old that is dead who's not gonna be able to see uh his life anymore. His mother is not going to be able to see him anymore. The 17-year-old is not going to be able to grow up and become a full-fledged man. 17-year-old, you're not a man. You're still a kid. You're a teenager, but you're a kid in the eye of society because you don't know nothing like that. So he's dead now. His mother doesn't have her son. This whole thing is just incredibly stupid how the police literally went about this thing. And I hope that they actually do something about this. And again, we still don't know. They still say allegedly. So you got to say allegedly and all these type of things because you will get sued. So they don't know. They could have just ran the tags. I want my mom on that one. They could have just ran the tags and just found out by that. And again, my whole plan is if it's stolen, guess what? Tap the side of the window. Tap, tap. He's driving away. Guess what? That's when you call your buddies, have them uh, go and be stationed off at some some drive and just say he's on this street. That's all they do. They have walkie-talkies in their car anyway. That's all you had to do. But no, you literally had cars. Police officers be stationed around this freaking vehicle. And now a kid's dead because he got startled and scared. Because somebody, because a police officer, literally got into the vehicle and then he just started booking it out of there. Which, again, don't you ever book it if a police officer's in your car like that. I understand you might be scared and I know you might be afraid. But if you see a police officer literally Doing that into your vehicle. The only thing you can do is literally just wait right there and just hold. And that's it. Because you do not want to be like Mr. Martin here. Dead because of 
of police officers' incompetence. And also, you playing a little bit of part of it because you drove off. So, again, I'm just going to wait and see and see how this whole thing plays out. I do want to wish and give my condolences to the mother of uh, Delano Martin because, again, she doesn't have her 17-year-old here on this earth and she won't ever get to see him be married and uh, grow up and to be a man. So only time will tell what's going to happen with these officers as the investigation goes on. And I hope that the actual news publications stay on this, to be honest with you. But we'll just wait and see. Now to the next story. It's just come from Jezebel. As the title would read, Black Couple says Texas authorities seized their newborn because they chose a midwife over a hospital. Dallas parents Tamika and Rodney Jackson opted for a home birth for their newborn daughter, Mila, with licensed midwife Cheryl Endenberg. As of Thursday, she remains in the custody of Dallas Child Protective Services, CPS, and with the Jacksons and their advocates at the Dallas-based Black Women-Led Birth and Reproductive Justice Organization, AFIA Center, have linked or likened to a kidnapping. Minutes before the start of a scheduled Thursday morning hearing for the couple to get their newborn back, the hearing was postponed to April 20th. Now, this all comes from where um, the parents of Mila were supposed to going to their pediatrician because Mila caught a mild case of jaundice, a highly common condition in newborns resulting in the yellowing of the skin and whites of their eyes, which typically go away without treatment within one or two weeks. The Jacksons opted to follow their midwife's guidance to care for Mila in their home rather than to leave her at the hospital. And within days, the Jacksons say the police officers and CPS agents arrived at their doorstep at around 5 a.m. informing the family that their pediatrician had reported them and demanding that they turn their daughter over to them. The officers eventually left their home when the Jacksons refused, only to return hours later and tell the family that Mila was legally in the custody of Dallas CPS. The Jacksons again refused to turn over their newborn and instead reached out to their midwife for help. Our midwife then reached out to the pediatrician, just letting him know that he had traumatized us, that we were woken up by police banging on our door at 4 a.m., 5 a.m. Then after she gave him all the credentials he requested from her, he pretty much said he was going to leave our care in our midwife's teams, Tamika said at the Thursday press conference organized by the AFIA Center. Over the next few days, everything seemed fine. But last Tuesday, when Rodney was walking the family's dog outside their home and refused to allow police officers inside when they confronted him, they placed him under arrest, seized his keys, and used them to enter his home. Then officers took Mila from Tamika while she was alone. On top of this, the Jacksons claimed the warrant that the police department and CPS agents used to take Mila doesn't even list their names, instead listing her parents, a different couple that's previously had run-ins with CPS. The Jacksons still don't even have Mila's birth certificate because she wasn't born in a hospital. Instantly, I felt like they had stolen my baby as I had a home birth. I didn't know where to turn, Tamika said. Continuing on in the article, they would say last week the Jacksons were allowed a few supervised visits with Mila, who they say is in the care of a foster family. The visits took place at CPS offices and the presence of police officers where Rodney told the reporters they're treated like criminals. 
Ronnie claims that every attempt by the couple to deliver breast milk to Mila or otherwise care for her has been shut down. The couple told reporters that at their latest visit on Wednesday, they noticed Mila had developed a yeast infection and irritation in and around her genitals. When they raised this to the CPS workers, they were told the Foster family would handle this and they weren't permitted to take Mila to get care. So the Jacksons right now do not have their daughter still. They have to wait until a court date on April the 20th. And I can understand their anger and frustration, especially whenever you now have to be supervised to visit your daughter who, let's be honest here, it should never ever gotten to this point. Their daughter should never ever gotten taken away from them. A pediatrician needs to mind their God-blessed business, especially when they're told everything by the midwife. And even still, you don't know who the midwife is. Fine, you ask for her credentials. The midwife gave you her credentials. You're able to look up those credentials to see if she's a reputable person or not. And then you take it within the hands of, okay, calling the family up and say, hey, you're a pedi- I'm your pediatrician. I'm not certain of your midwife. I looked up her credentials, blah, blah, blah. And then you bring it up to the parents' hands. That's how it should be happening instead of the pediatrician going straight off to the police station and having them get CPS involved. Child Protective Services. I don't like that Child Protective Services are being involved, especially in a case like this, because I don't know much about baby stuff. I really don't. I know a couple little things here and there. But if you're telling me that jaundice is a highly common condition in newborns, then a doctor, especially a pediatrician who is basically taking care of babies and small children, they should know exactly that jaundice is a common thing. They should know what's common, what's not common in small children and adolescents. They should know exactly what the deal is, but you still decide to call CPS on a family. No, no, they need to get this doctor out of here or they need to put him on suspension or something because there's no way you're saying, oh, I'm just looking out for the well-being of the child. No, you're not. No, you're not. You're being a pest. That's exactly what you were being. And now this family does not have their daughter. Their daughter's in the hands of a foster family. And by the Jackson's account, the foster family isn't doing anything good with the daughter because how the hell do you allow a yeast infection to happen on a small baby? Like, how do you do that? I had to look up to make sure I wasn't tripping when I was about to say something. And I was right here. A yeast infection on a baby might happen if they wear a dirty or wet diaper for too long. See, that's where we got a problem with. And that's exactly where the Jacksons are saying the yeast infection is coming from around the daughter's uh, genitals, their baby parts. So that's not good. You kept a dirty diaper on a baby. You have to routinely check on a baby. You have to commonly, and I mean routinely, check on a baby. Constantly tap them down there to make sure they're not wet to see if they're dry. You got to smell it down there to make sure they didn't poop because certain poops are not smelly poops. Certain poops are different types, just like humans, like adult humans. I mean, you got to do a lot with a baby to make sure they stay hygiene friendly. You understand? So for you to allow a baby to keep a dirty diaper on them for them to develop a yeast infection, and again, I'm just going by the Jackson's account on this, how else is a parent supposed to feel whenever they see that and they're wanting to get their kid back. I can only imagine how many times the parents are yelling in their home, yelling in their car, yelling at somebody, yelling in the sky because they want their kid back, especially now since they see their young baby daughter with a yeast infection. 
That just gives you a glimpse into knowing that the Foster family is not taking care of your pride and joy. See, that's a problem. I'm surprised these parents haven't punched the devil out of these foster parents, but they're not trying to do that. They're not trying to add more to the case to say they're violent people because that's ultimately what's going to be added on. And hopefully the judge or whoever it is that has this case will give the Jacksons back their baby for the love of God, bro. That's not cool. That's not fair. That's not right. You guys took somebody's kid without no legit reason. Literally no legit reason. The only reason that has been brought back, and this is from the Jackson side, is again because they listened to the midwife instead of going to a pediatrician getting a bill for jaundice. Something that supposedly is common in babies. So a family wasn't trying to get a bill for that when they could just easily look it up home remedies for something to take care of it. So again, I don't like that they got their baby nabbed away from them. I'm surprised this hasn't hit uh, the Good Morning Americas or the CBS or the CNNs or anything like that. Hopefully with me saying something about this and me trying to like push this out to ABC, CBS, whenever I do send this stuff out to them, hopefully somebody within those offices will look into this and get more in-depth and actually do interviews with the Jackson family as this lead up to uh, their court hearing with the courts on April 20th, and hopefully they'll get their baby back, because this, I think, needs to be spotlighted in America, because I wonder how many other parents or how many other people get their kids taken away over a pediatrician saying something or somebody being too nosy or whatever have you, and you might be the most loving parent in the world, but if someone's being too nosy in your business, they only got to just say, hey, yo, we see something with this kid, and we're concerned something might be happening with this kid at their home. So the only thing the police have to do is literally just get up, go over to the people's house, and try to get an interview with the parent and the kid at the exact same time. And if the parents aren't trying to deal with the police officers, guess what? That already adds some zest onto it. And the police are going to be like, okay, now we're really going to look into you. Now we're really going to cause more hell and havoc onto you because you don't want to play with us as we want to just speak to you about your kid and make sure they are right. And again, you could be the most nice people in the world, but just seeing police officers at your front door, it turns people into some different people. Certain people are nice with police officers. Certain people are nasty with police officers. It's all the paste about who you are and what you believe in. Certain people are cool with police. Certain people, not so much. Me, I'm not so much cool with police officers like that. But again, police officers, they're just doing their job. They're going about what somebody says. It's all about that person that's button their nose into your business like that so again i'm hoping that the jacksons do get their kids back hopefully on april 20th they get a hearing from a judge saying yo you guys can get your kid back especially after seeing that yo this is going starting to get some news coverage down there in texas hopefully it gets some nation uh wise news coverage but only time will tell now on to the next topic where this comes from the associated press teacher that was shot by the six-year-old student files 40 million dollar lawsuit this is the same Virginia teacher that I constantly uh, go back to and give an update about whenever they bring more information about her getting shot by the six-year-old student. Uh, apparently, she filed a lawsuit Monday seeking $40 million in damages from the school officials, accusing them of gross negligence and of ignoring multiple warnings the day of the shooting that the boy was armed in a violent mood. Now, in the lawsuit, the lawsuit would name as the defendants the Newport News School Board, former superintendent George Parker III, 
former Rich Neck Principal Brianna Foster Newton, and former Rich Neck Assistant Principal Ebony Parker. Now, the school board spokesperson Michelle Prince said in, via email that the school board has not yet been served with the lawsuit, adding the school division refers all legal claims information to its insurer. Our thoughts and prayers remain with Abby Warner and her ongoing recovery, said a broad statement. Calling the safety and well-being of the staff and students is utmost priority. The school board and the school's division's leadership team will continue to do whatever it takes to ensure a safe and secure teaching and learning environment across all our schools. George Parker, the former superintendent, did not immediately return a phone call message. A message left on a cell phone listing for Ebony Parker was also not returned. Foster Newton's attorney, Pamela Branch, has said she was unaware of the reports that the boy had a gun at the school the day of the shooting, and still, no one has been charged with the shooting. The local prosecutor said last month that the boy would not be charged, although the investigation is still ongoing. The superintendent was fired by the school board, and the assistant principal resigned. A school district spokesperson has said Newton Foster is still employed by the school district, but declined to say what position she holds. The board voted to install metal detectors in every school in the district and to purchase clear backpacks for all the students. In the lawsuit, the teacher's attorneys say all of the defendants knew the boy had a problem or had a history of random violence at school and at home, including an episode the year before where he strangled and choked his kindergarten teachers. Okay, so there you go. This is going to be one of those things where I feel that the teacher's definitely going to get some money. I don't know if it's going to be $40 million, but she's going to get a hefty check, at least in my opinion. Because especially with the way that people are getting shot now in schools more and more, I think that a judge is going to be sympathetic to a teacher getting shot. And I don't see no judge or jury going to say that this teacher isn't going to win this. I don't, unless they have like specific style evidence that say that, yeah, we had no idea, no nothing. I think that schools know. You have people in schools that know exactly what's going on with people. I've been around uh, small groups of, well, let's put it like this. I've been around a school like everybody else has, duh, where you know a teacher knows another teacher that knows another teacher, and you can hear them talking about something that might be going down in the schoolhouse, whether students talking about uh, a breakup that happened, and the teacher's going to hear about it, and the teacher's going to spread that around the school, like gossip with the teachers. Something that's going around in the neighborhood with the community, somebody's parents beating up a kid or having a problem with the kid because of the grades. Again, the teachers are going to talk about it. So for me, I feel that the people that are listed in this uh, lawsuit, the defendants, I have a feeling that they knew about it. I have a feeling that they knew that the child had some problems and certain people just don't care about it. They just want to either meet a quota that the school's supposed to have or they just took the child seeing if they're going to do something with them or whatever the case may have you. So again, I have a feeling that the teachers knew and now the teacher got shot and now she wants to sue the school because they were numerous of times and numerous uh, mentionings of negligence that the school just did not uh, handle. So now they got to do court. When is court going to happen? 
I have no idea. We're going to have to wait and see. She's seeking $40 million in compensatory damage. So we'll have to wait and see when they're going to actually set a court date up for this. But again, if I had to place some money down, I think that the teacher's going to win. I think she's going to win some money. But $40 million, I don't see that amount of money technically going towards her. But I could be wrong. Certain schools, it all depends if it's a prep school, public school, whatever may have you. What type of budget or what type of... uh money backing they might be getting from the government. So only time is going to tell, but I don't think she's going to get 40 million. Probably a couple mil, maybe two, three, four, but 40, that's not happening. Now on to the next topic, as it's coming from the Miami Herald, as the title reads, I hope it is hell. Life sentences for three men convicted of gunning down Triple X Tentacion. Three men convicted of gunning down rapper Triple X Tentacion during a 2018 heist will spend the rest of their lives behind bars. Michael Boltwright, Diedrich Williams, and Travion Newsom were each handed down two life sentences on Thursday. In March, the jury sealed the face of the trio after a month-long trial and eight days of deliberation. They were convicted of first-degree murder and robbery with a deadly weapon. The courtroom was packed with for the sentencing, with families on both sides of the aisle tearing up and some shaking their heads as the judge announced the three men's fate. You will have Triple X Tentacion's grand-aunt Penelope Jones shared her grief on the witness stand Thursday, saying Josiah was loved by his family and friends all over the world. She said, you guys murdered him and left a gaping hole in each person's hearts. Jones said that every time she attended the trial, she glared over at the three men. All three of them smirked, especially Boatwright, who turned to the cameras during the verdicts and blew a kiss with a smirk spread across his face. You guys show no empathy to the family you destroyed with your evil, calculus deeds, she said. Whatever time you're given and whichever hole to which you are sent, I hope it is hell and you rot there. So that tells you right there. They're going to be stuck in jail for two life sentences. So that's going to be basically their whole entire lives. Because again, one life sentence is about a good 30 some odd years. So two life sentences packed will be about a good 60 to 70 like years in jail. So they're going to be spending almost their whole entire lives in jail unless they get stuck up in jail. And again, I'm not wishing any type of harm to somebody because, again, I'm not trying to get sued. So there you go for that. Um, Florida is a real crazy place. I think everybody in America knows that Florida is not the place that you should be going because you guys in Florida have some uh, real not wired, screwed type people down there. To be honest, I'm just going to be trying to keep it afloat because I'm not trying to get stuck or poked if I ever do go to Florida. But I don't ever try to go to Florida, so I can say what I want. Florida people are freaking nuts. They are absolutely nuts. I constantly have said this before. As I said before, people in America, they know Florida is nuts. Florida is not the place that you go down there that you could just walk down a, a side street and you'd be all right. No, you might get poked up if you might be driving around somewhere in a nice car, you might just literally get robbed legit as you're waiting at a traffic light or at a stoplight or whatever the case may be. People might say, Gerald, that happens in California. That might happen in Texas. That might happen in New York City. Ladies and gentlemen, you have a better chance of getting robbed in Florida because, again, they're not, they're not the most intelligent people down there. And I don't mean to say that with all Florida people, but you know the ones I'm talking about. The ones that make Florida look like a complete travesty, a complete train wreck down there. The ones that do absolutely buffoonerish type things. Those are the people that put a bad stench on Florida's name and make people say that Florida is a real dummy place. We're just going to be completely honest with it. 
So again, Florida is not the place that I ever seek myself to go personally. And I don't ever want to try to go to Florida like that because the heat is disgusting and all that type of stuff. Miami, I think, is overrated. But whatever the case may be, hey, enjoy your time out there if you're in Miami. But do not, and I repeat, do not fall for the tomfoolery. There are crazy people in Florida that will poke you up over anything in the world. And that's basically what happened here. A heist that went wrong. You have people that try to rob a celebrity that ended up shooting him, and now he's dead. That's all this was. You guys could literally just beat him up, take his money, or take whatever he was having on him, and then take his car and then just drive off. But no, you guys decided to kill Triple X. So now you guys are going to be spending two life sentences in jail. To the three men in jail, I hope it was worth it. It probably wasn't. You guys know it wasn't worth it. But it is what it is now. You guys got to live with that consequences. So... Remember, ladies and gentlemen, if you can't do the time, do not do the crime, and please do not try to kill someone if you're just going to rob them. Just rob them and just beat them up if they don't want to give you their stuff. Again, I'm a civilian. I'm not uh, going on the side of violence. I'm just saying for people to just do not do any of the crimes out there. However, if you are just going to rob someone, just rob them. Don't kill them. Don't be an idiot because you're going to be just like these three dummies right here in jail for two life sentences now off to the next topic here as the title would read former police officer accused of trafficking drugs including lsd in stanley county as this news would come from wsoc tv investigators in stanley county say they busted a former police officer with a large amount of drugs authorities say rachel armstrong had lsd cocaine and marijuana and said she was likely selling it Stanley County Sheriff said deputies encountered Armstrong and Larry Godelidge in a car behind a church in Oakboro around midnight on Saturday. He said Armstrong tried to use her old job for favorable treatment. Armstrong used to work at both the Locust and Oakboro Police Departments. I can promise you that we will not work here, he added. After searching her car, the deputies uncovered the following. 678 doses of LSD, 73 doses of Xanax, 63 doses of Adderall, 49 doses of hydrocodone, 81.1 grams of cocaine, 5 ounces of marijuana. The pair faces a dozen charges related to drug trafficking and carrying a concealed weapon. Okay, so they were just idiots here. This is what happens whenever you're an idiot. You do not carry that much product on you inside of a car. Again, I am a civilian, but by watching television and by me covering what, for the last two episodes, cocaine is constantly being found in South Carolina premises, I can tell you right now, people are idiots. You're not supposed to carry that much crap on you if you are just driving around and trying to make a deal. You're not supposed to carry that mess on you. You carry a small doses if you're going to do something. You don't carry all this. Now, I don't know how much time they're going to get, but... Carrying a concealed weapon, I'm pretty sure they're going to tack on that to their uh, list of charges, especially with drug trafficking. This is just read stupidity. I mean, stupid, stupid, stupid. Again, I am a civilian. I watch TV. I watch movies. And I hear about things on the news. So that's the reason how I'm able to give my opinion on this. I feel that this was completely stupid. Somebody thought they weren't being followed. Somebody thought they could just easily just go about their business that way that they used to. But nope, pop, pop. 
got popped and now you're going to jail. I don't know how long, but you carrying that much weight on you. And people might say, Joe, that's not a lot of weight. But when you break it down into different divisions, the way that these mofos did, that tells you that they're not going to be playing with her like that. So they're going to try to hand her some time. And especially since she was carrying or they were carrying a concealed gun, yeah, there's going to be some time on their uh, sheet. And also, this also gives dividend to what I was saying before. Don't just think that police officers are just being police officers. I said before that whenever people get popped with a large amount of whatever type of drug substance, I feel that certain police officers are taking some uh, product themselves home. And for her to be a former police officer, for her to be dropping several names that she used to also be in law enforcement, that tells you right here, listen, mm -mm. somebody that she knows was either handing her stuff or she could have been gotten it easy access because of certain people inside of a certain department that she used to work in. So again, police officers are not just, oh, we're just storing that away for evidence. No, they're taking some of that product and either using it themselves or they're trying to sell it themselves to make some extra change on the side. Even though she's a former police officer, police officers on the force now, they do it now. So don't just think that all that cocaine or all that marijuana or all those type of Xanaxes or Adderall or wherever the hell may have you, Drugs are just being in a locked safe room. No. The police officers or certain police officers are definitely using it. That's, I'm just going to call it a fact. So I'm not going to even call it a conspiracy anymore. That's a fact. So again, I feel that people need to watch out for themselves. Police officers need to watch out for other police officers if they are doing this and rat them out. Because again, it puts your force in bad light whenever you see an officer use or try to uh, distribute drugs out here so hey that's all on you guys i'm just here trying to show you guys and tell you guys what i see out here in the world when i read things like this now on to the next topic as it's come from reuters as it would read report tesla workers shared sensitive images recorded by customer cars tesla incorporated assured its millions of electric car owners that their privacy is and will always be enormously important to us. The camera it builds into vehicles to assist driving and notes on its websites are designed from the ground up to protect your privacy. But between 2019 and 2022, groups of Tesla employees privately shared via an internal messaging system sometimes highly invasive videos and images recorded by customers' car cameras, according to interviews by Reuters with nine former employees. Some of the recordings caught Tesla customers in embarrassing situations one ex-employee described a video of a man approaching a vehicle completely naked, also shared crashes and road rage incidents. One crash vehicle in 2021 showed a Tesla driving at high speed in a residential area, hitting a child riding a bike. According to another ex-employee, the child flew in one direction, the bike in another. The video spread around a Tesla office in San Mateo, California via private one-on-one -on -one chats like wildfire, the ex-employee said. Other images were more mundane, such as pictures of dogs and funny road signs that employees made into memes by embellishing them with amusing captions or commentary before posting them in private group chats. While some postings were only shared between two employees, others could be seen by scores of them according to several ex-employees. Tesla states in its online customer privacy notice that its camera recordings remain anonymous and are not linked to you or your vehicle. 
but seven former employees told Reuters the computer program they use at work could show the location of the recordings, which potentially could reveal where the Tesla owner lived. So there you have it. Tesla is watching you. They're always watching you. And it doesn't shock me at all. This is supposed to be a smart car, electric car, all this high tech, fancy stuff. You mean to tell me it has a camera in your car? Listen, I'm not shocked by this. I don't think anybody should be shocked by this. If you're shocked by this, I really got to question you. What are you doing? Do you not have an iPhone? Do you have a flip phone? And you this is like your first car that you're purchasing or what? Because let me tell you some Apple phones, they're recording you. When you see those little buttons or like green like locations on your phone right there, the green dot, the orange dot, the paper plane up in the freaking corners of your phone, they are grabbing your voice, they're grabbing your information, they are grabbing your location all without your knowledge, all without your permission. Some of you guys give them access to this. I mean, this does not shock me at all that Tesla did this or Tesla workers are able to get your private information or get like videos and photos from you. I don't, it's not shocking to me, especially since they're recorded by your car cameras. You guys do remember, and you guys do know that Tesla, the company, they put chips into your cars. They put those cameras into your cars. So you mean to tell me that you didn't think that they were not able to look at all your stuff? You are buying a smart car, the equivalent of a smartphone, from a car company. That's exactly what you are buying. So again, this does not shock me at all in the slightest. My whole point is that when is enough enough? Because when you think about it, you are buying something that you just wanted to be made easy for you. Certain people are buying Tesla's because they don't want to spend money on gas. They're trying to be environmentalists. They're trying to do whatever they can to uh, ease off their conscience to uh, damage the earth. Cool, fine, whatever. Certain people just want to buy a Tesla because they want to stun on people because they can say they have a Tesla. Cool, fine, whatever. I just want you guys to know that you guys are being watched every minute of every day when you're in your car and when your car is sitting out just chilling. Your car is still recording you period. There's no if, ands, or but about it. Now, if you have a technological wizard in your home, somebody that knows how to work their way around with the internet and computers, I mean like really in-depth in those type of things, then you can have them probably mess around with the Tesla uh, equipment, their system, and all that type of jazz to make sure that none of your stuff will ever leak back to them or whatever may have you. That's the only way that you get that situated. But other than that, I want people that are buying Teslas to know you guys are being watched every moment of every day. I hope you guys are prepared for that. I hope you guys are cool with that. I'm not. So that's the reason why I would never buy a Tesla, me personally, unless they just hand me one. And then by that time, I'll be like, all right, let me try to way I can flip it and take this to somebody that can cut it up and take care of that problem. But again, I don't like being recorded by people. That just seems real abrasive to me. And for a car company to have the power to record you any waking time just because you bought their car i don't find that uh great i don't i think that you need to be able to say car record or car do this that if you buy that type of stuff but again i already said what i said before you're buying a vehicle that's tracking you and do whatever it wants so i hope you guys know what you're doing and also 
if you saw a kid get hit with a car, why did this video not go to the police? I'm not understanding. You guys see car crashes and road rage incidents. They just mentioned that they saw a Tesla driving at a high speed in a residential area hitting a kid that was riding a bike. The kid going one way, the bike going another. Why didn't this video go to the police? Now, it probably did. It wasn't mentioned in this article here. But if it didn't, I have a question of why didn't you guys send that to the police station? Why? It doesn't make any sense why you didn't. Some people might say because, Gerald, they were minding their business. It's not their problem, whatever may have you. If that's not their business, they shouldn't be putting that on this article here. Because then me as the interviewer, I would ask, why didn't you guys send that video over to the police station? Because then now you guys are comparable in that situation. You guys could have easily done something, but you guys didn't. You guys sat on your butts and sat on your hands and allowed this thing to continue to happen. You allow accidents and crap continue to happen. I don't get it. It's not my thing. It's not my jazz. I like just cars like get in drive with no like technology clicking like that. But cars are moving to technology type deals. They already are. It is what it is. I hate it, but it's the way of the time. But again, Tesla is recording you. Do with that information as you will. Now to two last final things I do want to talk about um, just before I get you guys out of here because I see from my timer, I've went over my hour allotted time. Anyway, Andrew Reese, she says she'll be joining her team in the upcoming trip to the White House to celebrate their uh, recent national championship over their win over Iowa, despite being hurt that first uh, lady Joe Biden suggested that both teams be invited. Reese told ESPN Sports Center on Friday morning that she's willing to put her feelings aside and attend because she's a team player and she wants to do what's best for the team. So I'm glad that she decided to say that because one, I don't want to see her career get killed because you know what, being outspoken in this day and age, especially if you're uh, a black individual, a black athlete, it could get you killed either one way. You could be held up as a hero, as a phenom and get treated as such, or two, you could be vilified. And Andrew Reese, she was vilified this past week, but you had a lot of black uh, coaches, a lot of black um, sports athletes coming out in support of Andrew Reese. So again, it can either go teeter-totter, and especially since black athletes technically do not own a lot of these massive corporations, her stock could have went completely down in the way of how uh, certain corporate America wanted to see her. So I'm glad that she decided to play ball. And also, I'm glad that Joe Biden did rescind that uh, invitation to Iowa, even though she was being a complete idiot when she said that. You have to say that because you're an idiot for suggesting that the runner-ups go to the White House as well. No, that that's never ever been the case and never should be the case. The winners are the winners. That's why they're called the winners for a reason. So I'm glad Angela Reese decided to go with her team, or she will be going with her team when they do go to the White House. So I'm glad she decided to do that, and I hope that she, uh, her, I hope that her stock raises more now. That's all I really do personally care about with Angel Reese, to be honest with you, because she went through a lot of hell this week because of people criticizing her. But she stood on her, uh, she stood ten toes down on what she said, and I am uh, applauding her for that every time her name's being brought up. So congratulations to Angel Reese and congratulations to uh, LSU for winning their first ever national uh, championship. Now over to my neck of the woods, my lane. 
Vince McMahon, WWE is under investigation for possible violations in the cell to Endeavor. For people that don't know, I don't know how you don't, but if you happen to miss it, this past Monday, WWE was sold, or at least a good uh, portion of WWE was sold to the Endeavor Group. The Endeavor uh, Group Holdings is a big firm that owns the UFC and other conglomerates, but in the news, what was making this rounds was that the UFC and WWE have merged into this new uh, conglomerate. So now the WWE is being investigated, as it's come from uh, Ringside News, noted Tuesday that Adamin LLP, a law firm that specializes in shareholder uh, litigation, announced it is looking into whether WWE's the board of directors obtained a fair and reasonable price in the sale process. Adamy LLP alleges WWE's financial outlook and prospects are excellent, and yet the transaction values WWE shares at only approximately $106 per share, with Endeavor holding a 51% controlling interest in the new company and existing WWE shareholders holding a 49% interest in the new company. The transaction agreement unreasonably limits competing bids for WWE by imposing a significant penalty if WWE accepts a superior bid. WWE insiders will receive uh, substantial benefits as part of change of control arrangements. We are investigating the conduct of WWE's board of directors and whether they are fulfilling their duties to all shareholders and obtaining a fair and reasonable price for WWE. Meaning they want to make sure that WWE did not undersell uh, their company to another company just because they can get something out of it. Well, Vince McMahon and people of that uh, ilk, the people at the top, top, tippity top, not just the little shareholders. So that's what's going on right now with WWE. Do I think they're still going to be in business with Endeavor? Yes, that's too much money. Right now, Endeavor is said that WWE and UFC with this new conglomerate is $21.6 billion. So you best believe this deal is still happening. This deal is already set in stone. What does this mean for the people that are shareholders in the WWE? I have no idea. I just thought that was really, really uh, crazy to me how they're being investigated still. Because Vince has been dealing with some stupid stuff this past uh, couple months. With sexual allegations that re-popped up from his past that he dealt with to Vince being ousted in the WWE, to now him being back, him with a John Cousteau type of mustache, with him wearing just for men, like jet black uh, hair dye. I mean, my guy is out here in a midlife crisis face. He don't even look shade face anymore. He likes a legit John Cousteau type of mustache. I thought that thing was fake until I saw him literally with photos in it, and I was like, oh, so Vince is really back with a John Cousteau mustache. So I don't know what's going on with Vince. I'm just hoping that WWE stays afloat because, again, that's my bread and butter. That's my lane where I look for entertainment, where I watch things. I also watch UFC. I know the big names there. And it seems to me that uh, the UFC is kind of cool with it. The UFC, at least fighters, are cool with the merger that's happening. You have Conor McGregor tweeting some things out to WWE wrestlers here and there. You have uh, the UFC, like, night show over there in Australia. They had Robert Whitaker and another guy, like cosplaying as Hulk Hogan and Steve Austin. So it seems to me that WWE and the UFC, they could be doing business with WWE fight, uh, wrestlers going over to the UFC time to time or UFC fighters coming over to WWE. I just say all that because, again, I like both of these brands and I think it's going to make a uh, hell of a conglomerate, to be honest with you. So hopefully uh, WWE did everything right and they got the right 
uh, share price that they were supposed to get and that nothing uh, comes about this thing. But I don't think this is going to uh, tank the agreement because I think everything's been set in stone. Again, $21.6 billion. I don't see how anybody's going to try to break that up. But only time will tell in that. And I will bring that type of news back here because, again, if anything does happen, best believe I'm bringing that here because, again, UFC and WWE is kind of my thing here. So, with that all being said, I want you guys to have a great Sunday. Today's episode is over. I would like to thank Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Audible, all the other podcast uh, sites that have me on there. Because without them, I wouldn't be able to get these episodes to you guys, the listeners. So, I want to thank them first. And secondly, I want to thank you guys, the listeners. Because, again, without you guys, the listeners, I would be a guy talking into a microphone, into an open void and that's about it. I want to thank everybody that listened to me in America, people that listen to me out of America, in other countries. I see it on the uh, metrics every week, every day when I see the downloads happening. I really do appreciate every single one of you. And I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. So, always remember. I love you. I love you all. I thank you. That is not a gimmick. I really do mean that for the bottom of my heart. As I said before, without you guys, I'll be talking into a microphone, into an empty, open void. So again, without you guys, I would be nothing. So I want to say thank you for that. Also, for people that are unaware, I do have a Wednesday episode that's going to be coming out. I've been doing this for the past, what, seven episodes this week. It's going to be eight episodes. So it's going to be about two months I've been doing this now. It's going to be called Midweek Breakdown. That is the title of every freaking episode. I'll be talking about a topic for about a good 10 to 20 minutes, and I'll play a song at the end of the episode. That happens on Wednesdays, so if you want to listen to that, go and check that out, and also check out the latest one that happened this past Wednesday. And if you listen to professional wrestling or watch it, I do always have on Saturdays. Uh, wrestling Highlights of the Week is always on Saturdays, so go and check that out. And... Again, I always do come back every Sunday with uh, news topics that happen throughout the rest of the week. So there you go. I cover every basis of every uh, entertainment prospect. So with that all being said, I love you all. I thank you. I appreciate every single one of you. This isn't goodbye. This is until you hear from the sweet sounding voice again. I just want to say again, I love you guys. I hope you guys have a great Easter and have a great day and have a great week. Pray for yourself and pray for everybody that you come in contact with because you don't know who might need it and you don't know what prayer could do for someone that is in uh their desperate needs so pray for uh everybody on this planet if you could please and thank you so with that all being said i love you all i thank you this is a goodbye this is until you hear from the sweet sounding voice again this has been my two cents podcast hosted by g2 he is i and i am him i love you and with that kanye could you please take these people home i'm tired you tired uh-huh. jesus wept uh-huh.